the CEO walked into my office and he said, I'm concerned that we're going to be off air for a bit. I wonder if there's anything else that can be done to really help support sales. And I think, hmm, what can we do to generate sales? We have no funding for additional media, but we want to drive traffic. Welcome to Food Marketing Nerds, your weekly serving of marketing advice and industry insights with the smartest minds in the business. Here's your host, Alex Osterley. What is good, FM Nation? I am super excited for today's guest, and I would say this goes out to all the restaurant marketers in the house, but really, anyone working for a growing company has a lot to take away from this interview. On the show today, we have Kristen Medonix, VP of Marketing for Firehouse Subs. I was already a huge fan of their sandwiches, but chatting with Kristen gave me a whole new appreciation for who they are as a brand and how they've managed to grow in spite of intense competition. Kristen started as a brand manager with Firehouse back when they had 300 locations and a marketing department of just two people. Well, the company grew quickly and so did Kristen's role. She now leads the marketing department of 17 people with Firehouse clocking in at over 1,100 locations nationwide. She talks us through what's driven the company's growth and learnings that she's picked up along the way. In today's episode, you'll hear what leaders can do to build a more passionate team, why your company's mission is crucial for growth, how telling your customers every good thing about you just isn't working, and so much more. Firehouse is a role model in the industry in terms of involvement in the local community and how they treat one another, and Kristen really is an extension of those core values. I really enjoyed this interview, and I know you will too. So without further ado... Kristen, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. To start off, tell us a little about your background. Sure. I joined Firehouse Subs 12 years ago, and I joined as a brand manager, and I was the second person at the department at the time, so it was myself and a director, and we had just approaching 300 locations. So I joined uh, after moving here from Chicago. I didn't come to Jacksonville because of Firehouse, but I came here after I got married. So it was an opportunity for me to do something a little bit different. I had worked on the agency side of the world up until that point in my career, starting in public relations and then doing a couple other things before relocating to Jacksonville. So I really wanted to work in food in particular. So that might sound like a narrow range of job options if I'm moving to Jacksonville, Florida, but there's actually more here than you might realize on the surface, including uh, the home of Firehouse Subs. So eventually that's where I landed and that was 12 years ago and it's been quite a ride ever since. Uh, today, I lead the department. There are 17 of us and there are 1,170 locations and growing. So very different world today versus 12 years ago. Were there any benefits to gaining that agency experience prior to joining a marketing team for a brand? Definitely. I think the agency experience really helped me think about the specific challenges at Firehouse through different lenses. So in my previous experience, I'd worked on packaged goods and restaurant and military and lots of different types of businesses. So it really helped me just look at the specific challenges of restaurant marketing, but bring some other perspectives to it that sometimes gave you solutions you might not think of right out of the gate. And so that had been really helpful for me just in bringing something else to the table. And we kind of built on that over time. So you started the company as a brand manager and have since advanced to VP of marketing. So has working through the levels of the marketing department influenced your leadership style at all? Yeah. So I've held lots of different roles since I've been at Firehouse. And I was thinking about this the other day, but other than the role I have today, 
every role that I had, no one was in it previous because that's what happens when you're in a, a growing company. There was there's no predecessor. So every time I was kind of figuring it out as I ended up in a new role. So that certainly has influenced how I lead today in terms of giving people the latitude to kind of define what that role is that they're contributing to, how they want to approach it, how they want to structure their specific kind of sub team and really uh, working in a much more of a flat leadership manner as opposed to a lot of hierarchy. And that has served as well just in terms of people having the space to really solve for what they think the big challenges are. So in helping build the department from the ground up, what advice would you give someone in a similar position needing to build out a marketing team to match the company's growth? Sure. I think that giving folks a lot of space to really bring what they know well to the table. And one of the things that I think has been helpful, certainly in the more recent years when I've been leading the department, is really having folks who have expertise in specific areas all collaborate. So we all get together and we talk about what's going on with media or what's going on in our social channels or what's going on with the loyalty program. Those conversations don't happen just with the team that's assigned to it. They happen with a broader leadership group so that everybody's cognizant and understands what's going on, but we can also share some of those different perspectives. So I guess that goes back to you know my early days in having a different perspective when I joined Firehouse Subs because I had that agency background. I still value those other views on the same problem. You just never know where an answer or an opportunity or an idea is going to come from. And it doesn't have to come from somebody who thinks about that specific topic all day long. It can come from somebody who rarely thinks about it, but kind of looked at it from a different angle than the way you typically do. So you start with this few person marketing team. Now you've got 17 and you are at the helm. Did you have a, a, an org chart mapped out in advance of here's where we want to go or how, how did that come to fruition? I definitely did not have a chart mapped out. <laughs> definitely not. When I took over the leadership role, I kind of had to decide what that chart was going to start to look like. And a little bit of it was already hinted at just in terms of the areas that the business was growing from a marketing standpoint, so where our needs were. So that's when we really created what right now are four main areas of discipline. So we've got the brand team that really focuses on promotional development, working with the culinary team, menu boards, all those kinds of things. We have the field marketing team, which does media and coordinating with our what we call area reps and franchisees. So all the things that happen out, out in the world. We have digital guest experience, which is loyalty and website and email and those those channels. And we've got the digital content, which is all about social. So those were all kind of there. We just never structured ourselves in that way. And so we've just built it with those four disciplines in mind since then. Will there be another fifth group in the future? It's entirely possible. Kind of let the needs of the business drive a bit of that, but also making sure that it's structured in a way that everybody on the team has opportunity. I mean, one of the reasons that I've been with Firehouse as long as I have is there's never been a shortage of opportunity. There's never been a day where I thought there is nothing to accomplish and nothing to learn. And that comes from being with a brand and a business that's growing, but also in just kind of the overall approach of leadership, which is 
you see a challenge that's worth taking on, let's talk about it and take it on. So I want to make sure that that remains because it was important to me. It still is. And I think it's what keeps great people on the team as well. How do you facilitate or enable people to tackle challenges or give them the the room to go explore something that they're passionate about or seek out a challenge that might not be on the to-do list that has already been discussed? Part of it is just listening to them. So with the, the folks that report directly to me, we have meetings every week just to touch base on you know, the day-to-day, but also the bigger picture. You know, What are you reading? What are you thinking about? What's on your mind? It can be whatever they want to talk about. And just listening to what they're talking about, often the answer will be, well, if you think that that has merit, go run it down. Go see what's possible. Let's, let's see what we can make of it. Uh, and sometimes that leads to an opportunity and sometimes it doesn't. And that's okay. But I think folks don't always immediately sit down and say, I have identified an opportunity and I've sketched it out and here's a fabulous PowerPoint. I would like to do this. It's not always tidy as that, but when somebody says, you know, I've been reading this and thinking about it, that's usually the time where you say, well, why don't you explore that a little further? And maybe there's a real opportunity there for us to, to go after something. So changing gears a little bit more to the brand and what it stands for and how you guys have been so successful in, in your marketing. I think one of the misperceptions that we were talking about prior to this interview is that Firehouse is really more than just a catchy name. So what is the origin story of the company and the, the story behind the Firehouse name? Sure. So Firehouse Subs was founded by two brothers who are also former firefighters. So I think it's fair to say that the firefighter component of the brand story existed before the the sandwiches did. You know, they came from a family of firefighters and public servants, and they also had a love of food and, and they're still involved in the business today. They'll talk about how important food and community and togetherness is in a fire station. And so a lot of that was woven into the very early stages of the Firehouse Subs brand. So they were and continue to be very particular about the meats and cheeses and all the things that are on our menu. They developed a lot of the menu that you see today. A lot of those, you know, the hook and ladder and things like that were part of the very original menu and have remained. But yeah, it's not a theme. And I do get a little bit prickly when people refer to it as that, oh, that theme restaurant Firehouse Subs. Like, no, no, no. Firehouse Subs is authentically founded by two former firefighters. So it's not a story we made up to make the sandwiches look appealing. It's part of the very honest and real heritage of the brand. So I can definitely tell that the togetherness and that culture is permeates through all of the company and the staff at Firehouse is always welcoming and friendly. And as a corporate support office, what is it that you're doing out of Jacksonville that results in the positive guest experience for someone like me in Denver? I think part of the benefit of our origin story and kind of the philosophy of togetherness is I can think of a lot of examples where Firehouse Subs and their leadership have really done things to kind of get in there and walk the walk. And an example I'll give you is this is several years ago. We were at a period of time where we really wanted to encourage uh, our franchise owners to get out and market the restaurant locally. So go out and do the grassroots marketing of handing out menus and, and visiting businesses nearby and introducing yourself. And all of that isn't necessarily glamorous, but we knew that when people do that, it does provide benefit to the business and we wanted to encourage them to do that. So Firehouse Subs at the time also had a bus. Essentially, it was a tour bus that was branded. And so a number of leadership from headquarters, this was the founder and the CEO and a lot of uh, department heads all pile onto the bus. And they went out on what they would call founders tours. So that's where you go out and you meet the franchisees and you spend time with them. But 
what was added was we went out and did local restaurant marketing with franchisees in a number of markets, probably more than I can count from the time. So, you know, all of us, no matter our title or our role or how long we've been with the company, we're going out and handing out menus and meeting people and encouraging them to visit Firehouse and try us out and doing it hand in hand with the franchisees. So I think approaches like that and the willingness of leadership to really make the same investment that we're asking of anybody else uh, is part of what makes that culture radiate well beyond Jacksonville. And that gets harder and harder as you get larger and larger, but you know they find other ways to really bring that spirit of commitment and togetherness and heartfelt service to every restaurant in every state. So those genuine customer employee interactions and giving back to the local community, those are all things that companies strive for or would love to commit to someday. But Firehouse really walks that talk and especially when it comes to Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. How did that start and what is the significance to the company? Sure. So the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation was founded by Chris and Robin Sorensen, who are the founders of Firehouse Subs. They started the foundation after Hurricane Katrina. So when Hurricane Katrina occurred, they really wanted to do something to help. And they, they took the bus that I was talking about and they drove it out to New Orleans. And the original intention was to help support firefighters that were going there to help. But when they arrived, they realized that there was a lot of need for people who needed food and, and needed support in that way. So that's what they spent their time doing there. And on the way back, they talked a lot about, we can't let this be where this experience ends. There's got to be more that we can do and more that we want to do to really help support people. So from there, that's where the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation started. And what the foundation does today is it provides uh, life-saving equipment to first responders. So a lot of people believe, and, and I was included in this until I, I learned otherwise, that fire departments and other public entities have all the equipment that they need, that it's just provided by the city and, and they're all set. Uh, and that is often not the case, uh, oftentimes because it's a volunteer fire department or you know the city has lots of, of things that they need to pay for and, and the money doesn't cover everything all the time. So there's plenty of need out there for updated equipment, newer newer models of things. And so the foundation helps raise funds to fulfill grants for those departments. So it connects to the restaurants in that if you're a guest at Firehouse Subs, when the foundation was started, you could go in and you know put change in a bucket, or you could round up your purchase to contribute to the foundation, or you could uh, get an empty Firehouse Subs pickle bucket um, for a donation, take it home and use it for gardening or whatever it is that you wanted to use it for. So for a long time, those are the means of raising funds. And it was really successful. We have granted many, many departments with a lot of equipment that saved a lot of lives. But more recently, we've made a shift where a portion of every purchase at every U.S. Firehouse Subs location it generates a donation. So it goes to that the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation to provide life-saving equipment. So even if the guest isn't putting change in the uh, donation jar, their purchase of a hook and ladder or whatever it is that they've purchased helps support the foundation, which further ties the spirit of both of those endeavors together. So the foundation is often a big reason that a franchisee chooses to be a franchisee of Firehouse Subs, that community connection and how deep and honest and, and true it is. And we take that to heart at headquarters as well. And it certainly plays a big role in the marketing component. 
So you've got the foundation, you've got this tight-knit culture and great products, which I personally love. Uh, with so many awesome things going for it, how do you narrow down the messaging priorities to avoid watering down your marketing? Well, I think we certainly have a lot of adventures and really kind of zeroing in on the essence of the brand. And I think a little bit of that comes from, you know, we've been around since 1994. So over time, you run into different industry or sales challenges. And so you're always trying to make sure that you're in sync with what the marketplace needs. And as I reflect on the adventures we've had, you know, there have been periods of time where, all right, you know, we want to improve the performance of restaurants. How do we do that? I think we need to adjust the message. And I think there was a period of time where we were really trying to make sure we had the most impactful message we could. And in doing that, we kept kind of adjusting things a little too much in retrospect too often. And so what we learned was that lack of consistency and lack of very singular focus made it more difficult for people to really understand what Firehouse Subs was about and build loyalty towards Firehouse Subs versus any other restaurant that they might be considering. So an example I can give you is I remember we were doing a focus group and the focus group had patrons of different restaurant brands talking about why they like those brands and what made them fans of those brands. And we realized in listening to them that for all the brands, no matter who they were, their fans could very clearly explain what made that brand unique and special to them. And it was very singular and they were all in agreement. And when we got to the firehouse guests, they had this laundry list of things, 25 things long. And we realized that all those 25 things were wonderful things, but we were missing the focus and the singularity. And therefore, we are missing their, the preference we can build if we just focus in on the one thing that's most important. And that's what really brought us back around to essentially our, our roots in the sense of this brand is about heartfelt service, it's about hearty portions. And that's really what we need to zero in on and focus on and not waver from. And I think that recommitment to the service component of the brand was really important in, I think, really ramping up our ability to grow and, and be successful. So that growth, even in and fast casual was such a fiercely competitive space, yet Firehouse has still continued to grow. And you were finding these, this messaging and how has Firehouse managed to get this now more singular message out into the world to differentiate itself from all the other sandwich places or other restaurants in the category? So it started with kind of, I guess, the, the big pieces. So it started with a new campaign, which we started a couple of years ago, that really focused on the component where a portion of every purchase resulted in a contribution to the Firehouse Sub Public Safety Foundation. That was a critical turning point in terms of us being really clear on what made a Firehouse Sub different. So that was the ingredient that you might not find anywhere else. So once we started to really integrate that into our larger paid media vehicles like television and radio and things like that, um, I think things really started to accelerate for us. We also, you know, in social channels are able to tell a little more of the long form story. And we've done more of that over time as well. And by that, I mean, what is the impact of those donations? What happens when you donate a rescue boat? What is the impact of that? Where we can show stories of how that boat helped save lives or helped in the aftermath of a hurricane, those types of things. So we've really started to build our ability to tell more of those types of stories. So it's not just about collecting donations. Uh, actually, it's less about collecting donations and more about the impact of your choice to eat a firehouse sub 
can help your somebody in your family, somebody you know, or maybe somebody you don't, but can help them in a time when they really need that support. So I think it, as we got better at doing that, and that was a discipline unto itself of really saying, let's keep working this concept and refining what maybe it was a TV spot, or maybe it was what we were saying on social from a video standpoint, just continually refining those as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm not sure this is working quite right. Let's start all over again. I think the, the discipline of saying, I believe in this concept, we just need to keep working it and refining it, I think has made a huge difference. So once you started to refine that further and feel confident about moving forward with it, is there any one campaign or, or channel or initiative that sticks out in your mind as having really moved the needle or been a catalyst for the growth you're experiencing? I think it was probably, I'll call it the second version of the TV spot is when we really, I think, hit the nail on the head in terms of tying together your choice of sandwich with an impact on doing good in the community and the donation to the, the Public Safety Foundation. I think the first iteration, you know, we had we had the pieces, but they were kind of like, they were both there, they both were, were related, but they weren't tightly intertwined. And as we got better at connecting them in the same sentence, essentially, I think that's when we really saw people really understand what we were trying to say. And we really saw the response from guests increase. And, and that comes through things like we do a regular brand tracker to understand is what I'm saying connecting with the audience I want to say it to. So when we see metrics like that start to shift, and of course, the ultimate metric when we see traffic and sales start to shift, then you know that, all right, I'm connecting with, with folks in the way in which we're intending to. One of the things that I think sometimes surprises people is, yes, Firehouse Subs is 1,170 restaurants and growing. And I think a lot of people imagine there's this like, ginormous marketing budget that lives out there somewhere. But the reality is there is a marketing budget that's grown over time. But it, there's always more that we want to do than what the budget will cover. And so I think one of the things that I appreciate about the team and just the kind of spirit of the headquarters staff is even though we're much bigger now, there's a scrappiness and a um, ingenuity that, that lives. So the example I'll give you is, I think it was December, maybe late November, and the CEO walked into my office and we had just wrapped up a media flight and he said, yeah, things have been going all right. I'm concerned that, you know, we're going to be off air for a bit in time. And, you know, really, I wonder if there's anything else that can be done to really help support sales. And then he kind of leaves. And I think, hmm, what are we going to do? We have no additional media dollars to spend. So I can't just spin up another a media flight, but I can't let the CEO walk out of my office without like, acting on that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you just can't like, oh, I'm going to go home now. So what we ended up doing is kind of rallying some of the, the team leads and saying, all right, the challenge is what can we do to generate sales? We have no funding sitting around for additional media, but we want to drive traffic. Go. What do we got? And just by kind of working it out, uh, talking around ideas and just trying to think about how we can be inventive, we launched a program that we called Name of the Day, which is really simple. It is what it sounded like. Every day we announce a name. If it was your name, you can come in and get your sub for free. I think I think we eventually launched it with, with any purchase. And the intention or the thought was, hey, this is kind of fun. I think people would share it for us via social because it's interesting enough. And um, we tried it out in Jacksonville because we thought this is a good idea. We think, but if it's not a good idea, we don't want to do it across the country. We tried it out in Jacksonville. It had good results. And then we launched it in December across the U.S. 
and it just did really well. The franchisees loved it. They had a great time with it. We got lots of great feedback from them in terms of the interactions they had with guests. People were having a good time. They were coming in with their friends. Our social media interaction was great fun. People had a lot of fun interacting with us and you know, asking us to pick their name. And so there was so much of that that really just came out of, we need to be scrappy here for a moment. What can we do? And I just appreciate the confidence of leadership team is saying, yeah, I think that crazy idea could work. Go try it. And, you know, the franchisees embracing it and making it reality. So there's things like that that I'd appreciate about the brand overall that, you know, I don't know that would be the case in another environment. There are so many good ideas like that, that just die in the idea room because of the fear of potential fraud or people giving getting too many free sandwiches. Or how do we police this? Was that any part of the conversation? Oh, no, we definitely. I mean, I would say there were a couple of times where I thought the idea was just going to go off into the sunset and never be seen again for reasons such as that. I mean, and they're fair concerns, very fair concerns. So we did a lot of thinking about how do we manage this? What are the expectations that we should set? Once we really started getting into a habit of the program and kind of figuring out how things work, we found a site that helped us kind of project out. If we pick this name, how many people have this name? So we started to kind of figure out what the number was in terms of total population we were aiming for. We kind of got a little more sophisticated over time. But there's also a lot of trust that we had to ask for from the franchisees in terms of how it should be executed and some flexibility that we asked for from them. So, you know, Mary spelled with an I or you know, all those types of things, which we really try to impress upon. This is about that heartfelt service piece that we talk about. This is part of that. And this is your opportunity to win somebody over by being generous in this moment. And realizing it will it will reap a reward for you long after that moment, that one interaction with that guest, if it's a good interaction. And I think a lot of people understood that and were great ambassadors in that respect. But yes, there were no there were no shortage of lots of conversations with spreadsheets and math to try to really understand what we were getting ourselves into potentially. Once uh, an idea like that has been flushed out from the central team, the actual execution of that, there's still so many ways that that can go wrong, especially with franchisees or multiple different parties involved who actually are on the front lines of putting that into action. So how did you get everyone on the same page and uh, marching in the same direction? A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of communication. So everybody was marshaled together. There was constant communication going out. We actually set up a text alert that went out every morning to all of the franchisees if they opted in, like, this is the name of the day. This is where you can go to see it. There were you know, messages from our leadership in terms of, we've tested this. We have a, a marketing board, which is made up of franchisees. We vetted the idea with them and they were supportive. So we kind of worked it in stages too. Like, okay, we at HQ believe it's a good idea. Does our marketing board of directors think it makes sense? And, and they were, you know, in general... Yeah, we think that's worth moving ahead with. So I think there was also a little bit of a build in that respect. But yes, every day we launched a new name, I would hold my breath because yesterday was great. I hope today is great too, but you never know what's coming. And so it was definitely a, a white knuckle kind of experience from that standpoint. But in the end, it was all worth it. So kind of shifting gears more toward the future looking in, in the industry. How has the rise of the DoorDashes and Uber Eats of the world influenced the business and how you approach your job? I wouldn't say that is changed changed anything that we're doing from a marketing standpoint in terms of messaging or the channels in which we advertise or things like that. We recognize it's part of the business and we accept that as part of the business, but it really hasn't, we haven't allocated a, a section of our budget to just address third-party delivery specifically. If anything, I think we've thought a lot about how do we support all of our channels? So whether it's online ordering or people ordering to go and, and really the bigger shift of people 
being more interested in taking our food and eating it elsewhere has been much more of a focus for us, independent of how they, they choose to take it to go. How do we make sure that our sandwiches are packaged in a way that they're ideal when you get to your de- destination? You know, in the earlier days of the brand, it was really more about sitting down at the firehouse subs and eating there. Over time, that has changed more dramatically. And so that really makes us think about product innovation and packaging and what we show in the restaurants, what we show in the uh, in the advertising itself is more about eating somewhere outside of the restaurant, which is a big shift for us, but probably the bigger shift than anything else. I have really been enjoying this interview and I've, I have personally learned a lot. And I think what Firehouse is doing is inspirational and think it's something that the industry should look at and uh, not go start a, a same foundation, but consider how that has making that positive impact has played such a a big role in Firehouse's growth. So we've got a few questions that we ask all of our guests. And I'm curious, do you have any books or maybe other podcasts that have influenced your philosophy on marketing or leadership? I think there's a podcast that I've been listening to, and I think it kind of indirectly influences. So it's called 20,000 Hertz. And it's really about where different sounds come from. So maybe sounds you've heard in movies or things like that, which sounds a little unusual. But what I think is so interesting about it and what I find kind of draw inspiration from is people have found great ideas in all kind of bizarre, unexpected places and have turned them into things that are iconic. And I think that's just such a good reminder of you don't know where the great idea is going to come from. So just keep your your eyes or in this case, your ears open. Plus, the storytelling on the podcast is, is nicely done. So that certainly help. But I think that kind of philosophy is a really interesting one to to bear in mind. So one of my favorite questions, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself as you were just entering the workforce, if you could? I would say try to balance speaking with your listening. So make sure you're doing equal parts of both because they both have really important benefits. So you definitely want to speak up and share your perspective. It's valuable and that's how you learn. But you learn equal amounts just by really listening and taking in. And I've learned tons from people at Firehouse in different departments, you know, supply chain and operations. And those things aren't directly, directly related to marketing, but it certainly helps me understand the bigger picture, which is important when you're trying to understand how, to, how can I help grow the business if you understand where everything else is how everything else starts to work. So really kind of keeping your ears open and taking in what people are saying, even if it seems like it doesn't apply, you might be surprised how it does. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed this time that we've gotten to chat together and appreciate you sharing your marketing wisdom with all of us. What's the best place for people to find you and keep up with what Firehouse has going on? Uh, You can follow Firehouse Subs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're looking to go get an awesome sub, firehousesubs.com will direct you to the location nearest you. Amazing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And that does it for Kristen's interview, everybody. For interview transcripts, more information about the podcast and the show, head to foodmarketingnerds.com. And if you like the show, please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Food Marketing Nerds is a production of Blue Bear Creative. For interview transcripts and other downloadable resources, head to foodmarketingnerds.com.